you get your Bibles now and be turning to Romans, the third chapter, Romans, the third chapter, Brother Lonnie Sykes has a scripture reading for us. <clears throat> I'll be reading from the New King James, Romans 3, starting in 23, reading through 25. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, whom God sent forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. It is good to be here with you, with with everybody. It is good to uh, have our visitors. That's already been announced, and and I'm sure it'll be said again. But but as I look out on the audience, um, I see friends, and I see family members, and I see people uh, that we care about and that are cared for by each other. And so that's a wonderful thing, a wonderful thing to be together, to worship God and to learn about Him, but also to fellowship together uh, as a family. I imagine, I imagine, this is my imagination, that since the beginning of time when parents started having more than one child, that a question has been asked over and over and over again throughout their children's lives and even possibly after their children get out of the house and they and they come back for a little while. It's not, well, do you love me? And it's not, do you feel loved by me? I mean, those are questions that we might ask. It's not, are you happy at the moment? Or, or can you tell me what's wrong? It's not that. Or how was school? Because you're never going to get an answer from that, that question. How was school? It was okay. But the age-old question that I think has been asked over and over again is who did this? Who did this? And, and it's asked in our house. It was asked in my house growing up. It'll be asked because there is there are unsolved mysteries of the world in households. Who did it was who is responsible for the catastrophe that just happened? And we use the phrase in this house. Who did this? It's a mystery. But what we're getting ready to talk about is not mysterious because we know the answer to this, who killed Jesus? Who killed Jesus? And physically we understand who killed Jesus, but let's ask, was it Judas? Well, he's the one who betrayed Jesus, so did he kill him? No. What? Was it the Jews? I mean, they hated him and they didn't want him around. Was it them? No, not, not, not really. What about Pilate? He sentenced him to be crucified. What about him? No. Yes and no. What about the Roman soldiers? I mean, they're the ones who actually nailed him to the cross so that he can, could die. Was it them? Yes and no. 
So if no, then, then who killed Jesus? Why did he die? You think about this and you come to the terrible realization that, that it, was, it was us. We did. We killed Jesus. Our sins caused his suffering. Our sins caused his being beaten. Our sins caused his mocking, his being cursed at, his being whipped, tortured, and finally being nailed to the cross. Our sins did that, got him up there. It's no mystery that he died because of our sins. We're going to dive a little bit further into the subject, and this morning we're going to look at several verses that answer the question, why did Jesus die? Why did he die? And we can put a blanket out there. And We already talked about our sins killing him, getting him killed. But I want to talk for a short time about three fours. Three fours. F-O-R, that little word four. Three, three of those. Hopefully it's going to help us understand to understand why Jesus died. I mean, it's used thousands of times. This little word used thousands of times throughout the Bible. But it means different things when it's translated from the Greek. It translates into the word for, but from different Greek words. We're not going to go into all of them, but we're going to look at three fours this morning. As we answer this question, why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus die? And so we start out with sin. Our sin got him killed. Our sin is the reason that, that he uh, that he died. We understand that. 1 Corinthians 15.3 He died for our sins. 1 Corinthians 15.3 I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died, there's that word, for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. So there's that little word for. What does it mean? Well, in this case, it's translated in behalf of, for the sake of, instead of, or on account of. So we, we, we read that verse again. Christ died for our sins. For our sins. This idea of on behalf of, in our stead, or in our place. You know, we've, we've, seen, we've seen awards shows, television shows, where stars and musicians will want to get, their, get recognized for, for the accomplishments that they've, that they've done, that they've made. Uh, on, on the big screen, on the small screen, in music, in the music realm, musical realm. But so many times, depends on what kind of award show it is, uh, so many times someone isn't there. And so what do they say? So-and-so will be accepting this award on behalf of, or accepting this award, this award for so-and-so. And think of it like that. Jesus died in order to pay for our sins completely. We deserve punishment. We do. As sinners, we deserve the punishment that's coming to us. People who have broken God's law, people who have turned their backs on it, people who have made mistakes, we deserve punishment for that. And we understand that. We understand that. But He decided to receive our deserved punishment for us, on, in behalf of, for the sake of. And so it means that he, he died to take away our sins. Here's a word, vicariously. Vicariously. 
He died vicariously. It's an act done as a substitute for another's. Uh, in our case, it's sin. You know, sometimes we use the phrase, well, I'm living vicariously through them, through so-and-so, through such-and-such. Living vicariously through someone else. Reading about people doing things that you, well, I might not ever be able to do. But I read about them, or I listen to them talk about their experiences, and I can live vicariously through them. Some of the things I hear people talk about, wars, fighting in wars. I can live vicariously through them to the point where it gets dangerous, and I stop, Ken. I stop. But I, I can live vicariously through someone who's gone on an incredible vacation, exotic vacation, and they've, and they've done deep sea diving or, or, or whatever. I can live vicariously through them, but it's not me. But flip that around. You know, hearing someone describe, you can have a parent living vicariously through their children by having them sign up for sports, other activities that the parents may have done when they were growing up and want their children to do, but so they'll live vicariously because they can't let go, or they weren't able to do, so they, so they live vicariously through that. You might have a father living vicariously through their children's sports, but in the case of our Lord, in the case of our Lord, He died vicariously for us, and we can live vicariously because of Him. And we're, we're living proof that he died for us. Well, what's the significance of for? For. Well, Christ died for the sake of, instead of, but for the sake of our sins. There are people who die as, uh, as martyrs. We know that the apostles were killed. We know that early Christians were killed, and they died as martyrs because they wouldn't back down from what they believed. And that's a noble thing, and that's, that's something that we need to be thinking of. You know, if it came down to it, heaven forbid. that we... But Christ didn't die a martyr. He, he, he didn't die because he just needed, someone needed to be killed that day. He died specifically for my sins and your sins. He died specifically for us. We need to remember that. We need to not forget that. He died to pay the punishment that we deserve. And so Jesus is God and he's able to vicariously take our place. He became our substitute. He deserved, we deserve to die eternally. And we read about this lake of fire several places in the Bible. A lot of times in, in Revelation, this lake of fire that we don't want to be a part of. But we deserve to go there and he died instead of us. And some of the scripture where this word for, this this particular word for is translated uh, from the original language to for Romans 5 8 but God shows his love for us and that why we were still sinners Christ died for us there's that word second Corinthians 5 21 for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him to be sin for us another one Galatians 1.4, who gave himself for our sins. Twice, he gave himself for our sins and according to the will. And so um, you have Hebrews 10.12. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, in place of us, on our behalf, that little word for. Another thing, Christ was delivered for our trespasses. And I say that because Romans 4.25, 4.24 ends with Jesus our Lord, and then you have this who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. 
delivered up for and raised for our justification. In this case, because of or for the sake of, the significance of this four, you know, it's, it's kind of like that first four that we, not, not number four, but the first word four that we looked at. It's similar to it. Yes, it's spelled the same, I know, but, it, but in, from the original language, it, it, it is translated a little bit differently. Because of, for the sake of, it emphasizes more the cause, the why. Christ was delivered to the cross because of our sins. Because of our sins. We, we, we use this phrase, a parent might be working three jobs. A spouse might be working three jobs to, to provide for their family better in a better way than they had it. Or they just might be scraping by, but they're working so hard. Uh, family members, they make sacrifices for the sakes of people that, they're do, that they love. And they say, I'm doing this for their sake. They, they jump out of the boat. They, they make sacrifices. They get out of their comfort zones for their sakes. For the people that we love. And Jesus did the same thing. You know, sin isn't... Uh, isn't a mistake that's just unfortunate. Well, you know, I made, I made this mistake. and That's not what sin is. Sin is a decision that we make. Sin is a decision that we make. It's an insult to, to, to our holy God when we sin. It's not just, oh, well, you know, God will get over it. No, it's an insult to him. It is a capital offense. When, when I say capital offense, you know what the punishment for a capital offense, if you're found guilty, it's death. It's a capital offense and we're deserving of death because we've sinned and we've broken God's law. And then we read again and we come back to that idea of the lake of fire, the eternal destruction. We don't want to think of it. It's no fun to think about that. But we've got to. We've got to think about it. And, and it's okay because we don't have to go there. Why? Because for the sake of us, Christ was delivered up for our sins. You know, each of us is a sinner. We read that in Romans 3.23. You know, I was thinking about this scripture, Romans 3.23. We use it almost every, every sermon, or at least I do. And it's not by accident. And, and it's so profound, but it's so true. And we need to remember that at all times. We have all sinned. We have all messed up. We have all, uh, all broken God's law. But here's the deal. God still loves us. And he wants us to not perish. He doesn't wish that any soul would perish, but that all should reach repentance. And so because of this, he steps in and he has this plan. And Jesus steps in and takes our place on behalf of, instead of, and because of, and for the sake of. And man, we, sh we just shouldn't forget that, you know, our filthy sins was the cause of the need for Christ to die. Oh man, our lies that we tell, they're wrong, cause for Christ to die. Lies, really? Our, our anger, our, our, our out-of-control anger, our unkind words, our bad thoughts, our disobedience, our dishonesty, our, our lusts that we, that we go through. 
All of those things make it necessary for the loving Lord Jesus. And he loves us, we just read. He doesn't want us to die. And so all of those things, those things that we've done, are the reason that Christ had to die. Those things are the reasons. And so he was delivered for our trespasses. Christ suffered for our sins. It's a little bit different word. So all three of these words for for so far are different words and spelled the same in English. I mean, said the same in English. But Christ suffered for our sins. 1 Peter 3.18 For Christ also suffered once for sins. The righteous for the unrighteous that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh but made alive in the spirit. So that you have this word for. For sins can be translated for concerning, about, in reference to. So, why did he say, well, he, it describes the object of the verb. Why did Christ suffer? Well, because he suffered because... He, Concerning sin. Jesus didn't suffer because he was bad. You know, I don't know if anyone ever thinks this. Well, Jesus deserved to die? No. We know better than that. Jesus did not deserve to die. There's no one else who, who, who deserved not to die more in history than Christ. And so he wasn't bad. He, he suffered for a purpose. That purpose was to pay for the sins of mankind. He suffered concerning my sins. That's why he suffered. It was concerning our sin. He didn't have to, but he chose to. He suffered concerning my sin. The same word is used in 1 John 2, 2. And we, we had this word in, in Romans 3 that, that Lonnie read from. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole, whole world. Propitiation for our sins. This is a funny word. I don't know if, if y'all have, have uh, heard what I'm saying down here, the, the younger people. Propitiation. That's how you pronounce propitiation. I didn't know that in, until like last week. I didn't been getting ready for this. I always say propitiation. And it doesn't matter how you say it. It matters whether or not you understand it. Because the idea of a propitiation is the idea that it's a full payment that satisfies the wrath of God and not just pays him in full, but makes him happy with us. See, we can, we can offer up a propitiation for our sins that it won't go if, if we're doing it ourselves. Well, I really want to apologize in this case because I know I've broken your law, but here I am. And then it doesn't work like that. Jesus dies as a payment, not just to get us out of going to uh, hell, but to get us into heaven because God is going to look at us and love us. An offering that puts the one making the sacrifice in good standing with the one receiving the sacrifice, that's what it is. An offering that puts one in good standing. You, I don't know if, if, if you know what I'm sorry flowers are. You ever hear that? You know, I'm sorry flowers. It's a lie. Really, um, maybe Sheila, I don't, do you have I'm sorry flowers? Yeah, Terraflora. And so a little commercial, but um, I'm sorry flowers. You know what they are if you're a guy and you hope to get them if you're a girl, if you're a woman. 
I read a list of all these kinds of flowers that mean I'm sorry in different ways. But the ultimate, according to multiple sources that I read, the ultimate I'm sorry flowers, red and white roses, just in case you ever need them, red and white roses. And you might, you know, a woman might say, yeah, I don't really, I'm not into flowers. That's fine. But overall, a woman wants, when you mess up as a guy, as, as a husband, as a boyfriend, you want to make it right. And, and you think that flowers, a couple of things about flowers, you think flowers, they're expensive and they die. Why would I do that? Because she wants them. She, she'll like them. Statistically, she'll like them. And you might think, well, that's kind of a cheap way to say, I mean, she's going to see right through that. Nope, she's going to look at the flowers. Supposedly. I'm not talking for women. I'm saying what I read. <laughs> so, and I know that you're, a guy might think, you know, she's going to see through this, and it would be better if I just surprised her like in a couple of days with flowers. And you're not going to say, I'm sorry. You need, you need to buy several bouquets of I'm sorry flowers. But the propitiation idea is that we want, that God was unhappy with us and there needed to be something offered to him to make him happy with us. And the propitiation was Jesus. In exchange, he traded his life for ours so that God would be happy with us. You know, and he knew, he knew that sin blocked us from heaven. He knew that sin condemns us to hell. God knows that. Jesus knew that because he's God. And so he takes it on himself to suffer in our place. To propitiate, to propitiate God's wrath for our sin. So he addresses our sin problem in the only way that, that, that could solve it. And he does it perfectly. Completely. Wonderfully, he does it. He gets it done, and it's done. So why did he die? Okay, and, it, and we come back to this. He died because of our sins, but he died for us. He died for our sins. He died concerning us. He died on behalf of. He, he died, I think, in spite of us, but because of us. Those are the three fours. January 8th, 19, I mean, August 16th, 1977. August 17th, 1977, 16. My wife, Amy, is eight years old. Not now, but back then. That'd be weird. She's eight years old. She's at a friend's house on August 16th, 1977. And she notices that people are not happy about things. Something happened. And then she hears and she realizes someone has died. And then she, find, she, she doesn't know the person, but people are so distraught that she decides, maybe I need to be sad too, because everyone else is sad. She tries to make herself cry because everyone else is crying. And then she asked this question because everyone else was, was asking this question. Why did Elvis have to die? 
Elvis Presley. And that, do you all know who Elvis Presley is? Yes, 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 yeah. I'm looking at the young people. Okay. Why did Elvis have to die? She didn't know who it was. She didn't know about him. Couldn't name a song that he sang. But she acted like she knew him, cared about him, understood what was happening, understood what happened. But Elvis died and she tried to act like she hurt. We come down to this phrase, Christ died for us. Do we know him enough to understand, to understand that? Do we even understand who Jesus is and was and, and will be and, and, and what he's doing right now? Do we understand all that stuff? Or are we just pretending to understand who he is? Are we just pretending? Or are we just acting like we're sorry, trying to make ourselves look sad about Jesus dying for us so that we look good in front of other people, other Christians. Now, Jesus died a vicarious death. But it comes down to this. Jesus died so that we could live. Jesus died so that we could live. I don't know how you're living. I don't, I don't know what situation you're in. If you're a Christian, and I, I don't know. I don't know your life unless you tell it to us. But you know your life. You know what's going on. You know what you struggle with. You know where your failings are. And, and you know what, whether or not you're connected with God, whether or not you're living like you understand who Jesus is, what he did, what he's doing, and, and why we live because of him. And you understand the sadness, but the joyfulness of his death and resurrection. But you're not living like that. We're going to offer an invitation. I want to offer you a challenge as a Christian to change, to change. If that's how you're living, change. If you're not living right, change. Make a decision. But if you're not a Christian, if you haven't been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins based on your belief that Jesus Christ is, is the Son of God, based on your willingness to repent of your sins, to turn away from them, you haven't, you haven't confessed Christ before men, you haven't been baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, if you haven't done that, and you would like to let us know, but if you're just starting out on a journey, just trying to figure out who Christ is, who he was, what he did, what he's doing, if you're just starting out, man, let us know because we will be excited to teach you, only using the Bible, to teach you about Christ so that you don't have to act like you know him when you don't. We will help you get to know him. So if you need to respond in any way, let us know now as we stand and as we sing.